where's the truck? That is one common phrase you will hear in trucking. The second phrase after that, why is it running late? The supply chain relies on timely tracking from arrival to departure, but the problem becomes an issue when carriers, customers, and brokers cannot easily accomplish this task. For many large carriers, communication is automated, but those fleets are in the top 1% of all registered carriers. For the rest of trucking, tracking still involves a phone call. In this episode, we look at ways to make tracking methods transparent and available to all. Is it possible to make this simpler? That's what we're here to find out. Next, on Loaded and Rolled. This Loaded and Rolling episode was made possible by our sponsor, Emerge. Focused on empowering and growing meaningful supply chain relationships, Emerge is proud to sponsor the Loaded and Rolling community. Through its freight procurement platform, Emerge offers solutions that enhance the spot and contract procurement process, enabling shippers to make the most strategic decisions possible. Learn more at www.emergemarket.com. Welcome to Loaded and Rolling. I'm Thomas Watson, your host. The art of tracking a truck is not a new phenomenon, and before smartphones, it wasn't that easy. One of the things we used to do with our drivers every day was we'd make them call in at 8 o'clock every morning and 4 o'clock in the afternoon. So our, our asset tracking in the 90s was literally, please call us and tell you where you are, but it had to be from a payphone. Fast forward to the present day, increases in technology are placing greater pressure on carriers, customers, and brokers to perform. I've seen some big changes, especially in the last 5 to 10 years. Uh, the, the first is service. Customers continue to demand higher service levels. This includes everything from except decline ratios to on-time pickup and delivery metrics, real-time tracking, and, and even invoicing. Against these rising expectations, only the largest and most funded can hope to compete. The solution seems simple, but in practice, tracking planes, trains, and automobiles is quite complicated. New technology was really difficult to implement um, because of a lack of connectivity. So you can't put in IoT or AI solutions if there's no way to transmit that data back. Why can a $10 Amazon package be tracked with greater accuracy than $1 million of product on a shipping container? From what we're told, the answer is quite complicated. Joining us to cut through some of this complexity is Ryan Rogers, CEO and founder of TextLocate, a logistics tech startup based in Chattanooga, Tennessee. Ryan has over 20 years of logistics experience, including roles at Amazon, Covenant Logistics, and U.S. Express. He witnessed firsthand the challenges of tracking as a key decision maker. Ryan, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. Now, I want to dive right in, starting off with a quote. So six months ago, you said, if you look at the current landscape of logistics providers, over 80% of them are using outdated processes and phone calls to receive location updates. To add on this, these check call methods are often inaccurate because of the lag time and unknown location data and general location updates. It's not precise GPS. Looking back at six months, do you feel the same way about the situation? It's still uh, very much a challenge. Yeah, we're still seeing issues and seeing opportunities. Um, with Text Locate, what we try to do is simplify it, make it easy to help bridge that gap. So from our product view, we're not trying to go after the apps. We think the apps will keep growing, but there are challenges where there are drivers that resist the apps. And so what we're trying to do is to go after the business, the phone call, which most people, nobody cares about the phone call. So we're going after that particular market. And it's still a challenge. There's still a lot of freight being tracked by. by um, actually, I had a customer. I got to do a shout out. Uh, John Sutton at Sunset Transport. 
Um, he said, um, phone locate is what's still happening today. Oh, using, no. using the old school telephone. Pick up the phone and start dialing. Yes. And when you mentioned those challenges, drivers having to use multiple apps, and it's not easy. Um, when I was a broker, we ran into the same problem. I don't want to share my info. I don't want to download this. You know, do you think a lot of smaller carriers and owner operators, is there kind of this general fear that like Big Brother is somehow tracking them? There is. They, they are really concerned with that because most drivers do a very good job. They go from point A to point B. They do everything they're supposed to and get there on time. They just want to be uh, treated as a professional. The same, I think they have some of the same issues that even my kids today. I use Life360. My kids are being tracked all the time. I don't look at it that much, but you know, if you want to know when somebody's coming home from school or whatever, uh, you take a look. But drivers fear that because they feel like they are professionals. They're doing a professional job. And they will get from point A to B. And if there is an issue, they will call and give you a heads up. So they don't fully, uh, there's a lot of them that don't like fully being tracked constantly the entire time. They're saying, okay, why does it matter if I make this stop or that stop? Because they are a professional. They know to get from one location to the next within a certain time horizon. And most things that complicate that would be traffic or some kind of issue with the truck. And, and building on that, drivers are one of the critical things. They're hauling the goods. And so... You know, from your experiences as well, 20 plus years, do you think this is kind of the weakest link that, you know, no one's really addressed is just trying to find the truck? Well, I think a lot of people are addressing it very well. There's a lot of products out there in the marketplace that are really high quality products. But I think what is different about um, the way we've attacked and approached the market is a simplify. We're trying to find where the driver wants to interact at the easiest point. A lot of them will still use a phone, but many don't. Um, a lot of them love the apps but many push back. So we're trying to bridge in the kind of that gap filler uh, between the apps and the phone call. Um, but yeah, it's, um, I, I think we've kind of found our niche market play in the, um, and then we also have the ability to two-way chat for things if you're loaded, unloaded, arrived, departure things. So are, in the past, uh, a lot of that on the asset side, they have a lot of those tools with the circle of service and with the ELD units that are really nice. But when you have a disconnect between somebody like a, logistics provider in, the, in a third-party carrier, that's where it becomes complicated. I think you had a great point on the breakdown. Large carriers have it to where it's almost like a, a UPS truck or something. You hit your right. macro, you right. hit your ELD, it sends it up all the way through EDI, you know, bada bing. But what, from your experience, you're working with drivers on the front, the front lines. What is their technological situation right now? Do these guys have any kind of way other than just picking up the phone or do, does this product, how's this product help them out? Uh, it makes a big difference because they don't have to, you know, if you think about it, a phone is more of a, like, for example, if I get a phone call right now, I'm going to feel like that's a lot more urgent than a text message. Um, it, and at the same time, drivers may or may not respond. They they may see it also spam. I mean, I get a lot of calls that I don't know the number. If I don't have you plugged in, into my phone, I might pick it up. But if I'm on a, in a meeting or on a, um, working on, you know, in the grind of emails or whatever, I may let it go to voicemail and go, oh, I should have answered that. So they don't know if they're getting spam with phone calls, whereas our text message is very pointed. It's direct. It's a B2B type transaction. It tells the, um, the particular customer that's reaching out to them. And the interaction is, are you loaded? Have you arrived? You know, they're checking in. So it's very, you know, exactly a pointed conversation. So it does bridge the gap. As far as technology, I think it's, it's like um, many of us, some drivers are very advanced in technology. And they may understand how to use the apps and may enjoy it and have no issue with it, which is great. And then there's a lot that may know how to use it but don't want to because they don't, because they are, uh, you made this when we were talking earlier, you made this point that, 
hey, they're not working in office because of a certain reason. They want to drive, they want to deliver, they want to do a really good job, but they may not necessarily want to be tied into all the technology and all the different apps and things like that. So um, the text message, they're very accustomed to it. Text has been around a while. It's obviously going to stay. I mean, I can remember when I was on my flip phone trying to go like, why in the world would I want to text when I got to hit A, A, B, B, C, D, E, all, all yes. those times. And when, the, of course, the devices came out, um, you know, and you could do that on an iPhone and Android, it made it much more faster. And, of course, now most drivers have the text capability. Most have Android devices or iPhones, so they have a smartphone um, with full capabilities. And they probably have other relationships, family, they're texting them. So it's a very easy, common way to do it and the ability not to have to worry about downloading an app or registering. So it's an easy way for them to respond quick. I think that's a great point in terms of easiness. So like right now we're hearing freight tech, we're hearing automation, we're hearing all the algorithmic stuff. But we forget that the end user is the one hauling the product. Right. And your average driver age is 46 years old. You know, most people have about as much familiarity with a Facebook feed, nevertheless trying to do a, you know, complex platform. Um, what are what are some of the results for, you know, what's some of the feedback you're getting once you implement this with somebody? Yeah, so the, the customer side of it is really, they're loving it from a efficiency standpoint. A lot of people, we had one customer that said, hey, we tracked it the, literally the first week and we had a 20% operational improvement because we also have scheduling abilities. So you can schedule 7 a.m. check calls without having to actually make those calls and you go through a workflow and if X number of people answer, then you, if they don't, you roll over the text, whatever it may be. But the results are really nice. The drivers like it because they, it's simple, it's easy. I don't have to download an app. I can quickly respond. I can respond when I'm safe, um, part or whatever it may be, stop somewhere. Um, it's not a sense of urgency that I've got to scramble to grab my phone. I can respond back to the text uh, when it makes sense, and it's easy for them as well. I think you brought up a cool. There's a cool thing we were talking before we started. You know, one of your customers with a recent situation in Ukraine, Landstar had a major office that was utilizing the technology. Could you tell me a little bit about the story on like what was going on? It's wild. Yeah, it's really interesting because it just came up this week. Um, we had a the Landstar Ukraine office actually started using our product probably about two months ago um, that they came, signed up as a customer, just signed up on boarded, um, came into the system. And then uh, last week they had some questions. They were like, want to use our upload tool and just clarifying some things. So we were answering questions and everything was going well. And then we got a message, this, um, literally, it was probably been two or three hours ago and said, hey, I'm sorry, we're going to have to cancel your, your service because of what's going on in our country, which is devastating to see what's actually happening uh, there in Ukraine, and they're just in an office building doing track and trace functionality and operation. So we were like, hey, we're sorry to see that. We didn't cancel their service. What we did was actually just refund their most recent monthly uh, payment right back to them. And then we said, look, we're just going to pause the, the, um, the payment side. Just keep using the product because I can imagine they have team members, whether they're going to do that from home or whether they're having to flee the country. At some point when they are able to get back working, we want them to be able to continue using the product. But it's a scary situation, but we were there to, you know, it's nice to see that we were there and helping them. And in this particular situation, it's, it's sad to see them have to vacate an office. Certainly. And, you know, that's going to have an impact across the entire board of the brokerage. Operational aspects are like the fundamental backbone while you have your sales and your, you know, carrier right. folks. Kind of wanting to switch gears on that. You, you worked at Covenant Logistics. You came from, you know, U.S. Express, big asset. What, you know, what is it like? as a broker in terms of uh, the challenges of actually uh, trying to even encourage carriers to use, you know, the, the system you have with the regular calls. So like, uh, 
kind of kind of going on to that to preface the question. Um, why is it that you know these large carriers are still forced to pick up the phone and start dialing with all this new stuff we have? I think it's just the hindrance of the um, the complexity of it. I think you have a it's a very fragmented industry with fragment, and you have from somebody like a Covenant that's a really nice quality large carrier to somebody that maybe an excellent operations person that has two trucks, but they're fragmented because they don't have heavy operational systems. Um, so all those different pieces, and there's so many different systems out there, so many fragmented um, numbers of carriers, and it's all of that technology. It hasn't been consolidated. There's not, like, for example, I may be wrong about this, but I think of, like, big, big email accounts. Gmail, Hotmail, I guess, is still out there. You'd see a few Yahoo. I got rid of mine because I felt like it showed my age. But um, you have a few of those out there. But, like, when you think of ELD systems, there's a lot of those ELD systems. There's a lot of different um, people have, drivers have apps on their phones. So it's still very much um, a fragmented, like, as far as when it comes to the connections. So it's, it's basically an overwhelming of options. It's like it you're, is. you're going to the, the the dollar menu and it's now 50 things because you have 12 ELD makers, right. five TMS providers. And so as a large company, like I'm assuming, how the heck do you deal with all of that and just pick one maybe? Or Yeah. I mean, you, you do as a large company, you kind of have to pick the provider that works and makes the most sense for you. And then um, when it comes into actually connecting with third parties outside of your trucks, then that's where you want to look at products like what we have. And, and I'm not saying the phone's going to go away. The phone is still going to be that urgent um, response if there's a situation. But those pieces kind of put in place. And then there's obviously a lot of really good apps out there, like your, your, your big four obviously being like your, um, you know, your P44, your MacroPoint, um, all those guys like Trucker Tools and Fork Heights. And those are really nice products. And I think they're advancing a tremendous amount um, in the industry. But it just takes longer It's an, from an adoption perspective. Just a really, uh, almost, because, you you know, coming in the industry, it feels like not a lot has changed in the past five to ten years from the carrier side. Yeah, I think that's true. I mean, I see a lot of it. I mean, FreightWaves has been a big proponent of, of getting the information out there, the best in the industry as far as, like, pushing information out about all the new freight tech, which I think there's a lot of companies out there that have built a lot of new products and the awareness is there. Um but as far as huge changes, there's probably only a handful that have made those big incremental impacts. But there's still a lot of people on legacy technology. There's a lot of legacy TMS systems that, like we have a full API. So our system, we designed it so you can sign up online in one minute with a dashboard. And then it, you can follow up with the API to hook in via your um, tech system. But there's still a lot of those TMS systems that don't have open APIs. And they're advancing those. Um, and yeah, that's. it seems like it would be... Um, you know, it's not easy by any means, but at this stage, it seems like more would be there at this point in time. But they're all having to manage, again, fragmented industries. They got a ton of customers with different softwares as well. So they're trying to sunset other softwares and pieces. So as we continue to advance and it grows, I think some of that will get consolidated. That's what I'm curious to watch, especially in that development of consolidation, because right now it feels like a game of Marco Polo at the pool. You have the broker on one end of the pool, the carrier on the other. You're going, hey, capacity. Capacity goes, give me this much. Yeah. And then, you know, we have the brokers getting a bigger megaphone with these load boards. Have, oh, yeah. But at the same time, the carriers are still kind of, uh, quote me if I'm wrong, it's, it's still something where 
using a platform as simple as a text message over it, it actually fixes most of the Achilles heel issue with these guys' systems. It does. It makes it just a simple, like we've got ways to deliver things with links in there. I mean, there's just a lot of really good ideas and collaboration opportunities via text that um, that just is simple, very pointed, and it has that one-to-one connectivity. So it does, um, it does make it very simple and easy. You worked a little bit at Amazon. I mentioned earlier, it's easier to track my $10 Amazon package than it is in other stuff. Was there anything that they did differently or was it because maybe they controlled all areas of the, the chain? Like what are some things that, why is it that Amazon can give me a text message update, but at the same time, like uh, a retail place like Kohl's doesn't know when their Halloween's coming in and it's four months late. I, I think it's just the way Amazon has built their whole ecosystem and, can, and made it as connective as possible. Um, and it is, they do have a dominant share. They have, you know, the obviously the dominant share on the e-commerce side and continue to grow. And they have spent a tremendous amount of resources to get that connectivity to do what you're just describing. They've made it, they've been very customer driven, customer centric, um, and they have made all those connections possible. I do like that. Coming from, look at Amazon and even with your experience at US Express. Large asset-based carriers versus mixed e-commerce, you know, uh, were there any big takeaways, big differences you saw in how they operate? They're both hauling things, but was there anything unique? Yeah, I think the uniqueness is obviously the fact that Amazon has a tremendous amount of tech um, to support it, a big balance sheet. They control the actual, um, the freight moving in and out. So they were able, you know, it's just a tremendous amount of time put behind the load planning side, as well as they created the Relay app, which um, connected the small owner operators to all the freight. So they were able to connect all those pieces together. Um, they were also um, very instrumental in, in creating that tracking and the one day. And so when they were pushing to one day, originally, I guess, two day freight, now it's like 10 minute freight, I don't know, one hour or whatever um, that they're pushing to, that was part of it. Hey, in order to get that, then we have to be able to support this and let customers know that and know those expectations and meet that customer promise. And they were able to just put a lot of resources behind it to, to make that work. I think that's so interesting how they crush it. You have like Amazon does AWS, they start innovating and AWS comes because they're like, I need to process my stuff quicker. Right. And now AWS is this juggernaut that everybody uses. Maybe this thing's being streamed on an AWS server right now. Could be. You know, I, I guess trucking carriers are just not in that feedback loop because you have, we talked about legacy systems. A lot of these guys uses old systems from like the 1980s. And, they do. And like, how, how, do you, how do you innovate, you know, leveraging on your trucking experience? How the heck do you innovate when you're still using, you know, Cold War Commander, so to speak? <laughs> yeah, it, it's, definitely, it's definitely a challenge to do that. I think you just have to look at new resources. Like, for example, when we came to market, we actually were on Google Cloud. So you've got Google, Microsoft, and Amazon being you know, obviously the, the largest ones out there. Um, but you have to look at how you can connect those systems. So like for us, it's not about, we're not building a TMS. We're, we want to be the text enabler to the logistics industry. So what we're doing is we're building the function and feature um, that allows that throughput. And so we created an API. So what we're trying to do is we want to connect to those legacy systems. And our tool is easy to do that. So for um, people that are looking how to innovate, it's being more open to how do you create an API layer um, we actually, um, Metaphora, former Carrier Direct guys, we actually, when I was at Covenant, we were talking about that, and we actually just connected to their product called Socket, where it's kind of a one-to-many API. So I would consider products that can get you um, additional services using that legacy technology. So you sign, you, you basically set up and you connect your, 
your, um, your fields and your settings directly into an aggregator or something like that. And then you can grab somebody like a text locate as a microservice. And then so you can layer in more microservices around that. So you can use innovative products that doesn't disrupt your, your legacy tools. Because I will say those AS400s at US Express, I mean, they're like bulletproof. I mean, they work, they don't, I mean, I'm not going to say never, you know, to whoever's using them out there. <laughs> Somebody. Yeah, but um, they don't crash. They don't, I mean, they run constantly and they work really well. So um, that's why you see those trucking companies continue to use those um, is because it does. It's very effective and it's very solid, um, but it's harder to be, to innovate. And I think one of those areas that I would recommend is how can you get connected with as many um, opportunities via APIs? Because there's a lot of companies like, like Text Locate in other industries, I mean, inside our industry and other pieces that they're trying to tackle. And we're actually connecting with um, and having partnerships with other people that are building tools. And what I'm trying to do is create more of our ecosystem to empower all those different pieces to connect together. So getting that open um, API would be a, a fantastic opportunity to innovate. So Metaphora is basically like an API interchange, right? Well, it's actually in. a company. It's they have. It's called Socket. Socket. So it's their product that they can, Carrier Direct came out with that is called Socket. Socket. And yes, it's like an integration product um, that, for example, may create to a TMS or connect to a TMS. So if somebody says, "Hey, I've got this TMS, I can connect into. I'm already connected to Socket." And then text locates on the other side of socket, and they'll be like, "Oh, I'm a, I want to sign up for text locate," and then they get our API keys, and it connects the two together. So it's kind of that one-to-many approach on both sides. I think that may be the solution for scalability, possibly. It can, yeah. There's so many different. You got like McLeod, you've got uh, a few like Blue Grace, you got all these TMS provide Oracle and a few others. Right. Mercury Gate. Yeah. Quote me on that, but TMW. TMW systems, right. and so. It's trying to get anybody to connect that. API has been, many people think it's a buzzword, but just how important that is to have somebody do the software work to connect to you, and you just right. plug and play, right? Yep. No, that's a challenge. So having direct API connections, it's easier than the um, some of the things that we see dated from like an EDI perspective. The API is a little bit easier, obviously. Um, but it still takes time to do all that work. So for us, we're trying to integrate with other TMS providers. Um, and it gets to be a challenge because other TMS providers, they have a, um, they have a whole lot of like on their roadmap, new things that are coming out. Um, so the more that if they can kind of plug into something like a socket, then they're able to, and we plug in too, then it, it makes it a lot easier. It kind of takes care of the heavy lifting. That's one thing I noticed uh, when I was at another brokerage, they were so excited because of an EDI connection. EDI has been around since the 70s, right? We sent facts and stuff via EDI right. before, before we talked to each other. Yeah. It's such still a crazy thought. That is still going on. And oh, that yeah. was a big deal. But now you're saying basically, just like with Metaphor and your partnership, if I'm a brokerage now, why am I going to take all that extra effort to connect to one? I could link up with these guys. And then now if I have that one carrier who wraps his ELD in tinfoil, I can just send him a text. Yeah, you, you definitely could. So it does make that um, definitely a lot more simplified approach with that. And then what we're also seeing is like, um, take away from the tech. I, I look at, we have a partnership with, with Lean Solutions Group, they're doing a lot of the track and tracing for a lot of these companies. And they, um, even if it's not the tech side, they actually, a lot of our customers are Lean customers and they use our product from a dashboard perspective in today. So it's not one of those things that you have to be connected or can I not find results. Um, you can actually get results by using the dashboard, doing things like using RPA or you just upload a CSV file 
in our system. And some people, other people have those products, but somebody like Aline is actually empowering that human capital with our technology to not necessarily disrupt, but actually just improve efficiency, you know, more innovative efficiency driven um, to actually accomplish a lot as well. I think that's a great point when you look at, I remember sometimes getting bill of ladings on a napkin, you know, some guy, right. hey, I got it. And somebody else signed for it. Uh, you know, final question here, tackling this complexity, basically you would say the answer is better connectivity. Yeah, all the way, um, you know, really connectivity as much as possible, whether that be from a logistics provider to the driver, how do we also connect back up to the shipper? Um, that's something we're looking at in the future is more connectivity with the shipper, by no means trying to go around the broker, but just have a more communication all the way through. Because a lot of times when there's freight, when the freight changes, if there's scheduling changes or anything that um, happens in, in that um, change, the shipper is a notifying throughout their departments, then they actually notify a freight broker. The freight broker ends up having to go through a couple channels um, internally and then fire out like a call or an email to a driver. If we can figure out how to get that, so if there's a scheduling change, the driver um, knows at the same time because they're the ones moving and no pun intended with it. They're rolling. They're the ones know? rolling. And they're in route. So how can they adjust in as fast as possible? And I do have to do a little shout out with Emerge, um, Emerge as a customer and thanks for sponsoring the show. Low emerge as well. Looking for you soon. But <laughs> thank you so much, Ryan. Definitely excited. We're going to have to have you on again. Uh, you thank can find you. Ryan Rogers on LinkedIn and more information at www.textlocate.com. Stay forward. We have some more wonderful programming here. Uh, next week, we're going to have Freight Vana on. This is Thomas Wassman, Loaded and Rolling. Next week, we'll do it live.